good. The bad. The ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition, Chewing the Fat, episode 129, we are talking the law of attraction with special guest Marnie Moore. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. The. Fat. Podcast. Take two. Episode 130. Correct. We just started recording this on another uh, podcast recording website and it flunked out the first five minutes. So this first five minutes is going to be super rehearsed because we've already done it once. Joe, episode 130, what are we talking about again? We're talking about Sustain's origin story. Where did we, where did we come from? Where did we go? Where did we come from? Come my Joe. And do you want to be a part of it? We're looking to build a community of people. We're trying to help as many people to live healthy, happy lives as possible. We want you to be a part of it. And so we want you to learn a little bit about what we've gone through to get here, whether our values align, and then how you can help going forwards with our mission in regards to helping people to be healthier and happier. And actually, you can have a massive impact on those around you, whether that be colleagues, parents, children, partners, friends. There's loads of ways that you can have a positive impact on the lives of others, and we want to help you to do that. So we're going to get stuck in. Yeah, I think, just to put in, fat loss almost has a bit of a stigma, and that is a bit of a stumbling block for us. Like People don't necessarily want to admit that they're on a diet or they're trying to self-improve or, yeah, they're on this kind of journey. And you know, us saying, like, do you want to be part of it? You can be as active or as passive as you like. You know, you're, you're helping this, us and our message by simply listening to this. But you'd help us even more if you shared the podcast. You'd help us even more if you recommended the group, if you talked, well, obviously, only if you've got experience, talked highly about us and how we help, because I think we've got a very, well, not I think, I know we've got a very different approach to 99 out of 100 different dieting approach that are out there. You know, it's very much holistic, and I suppose that's what we're going to go into today. We want to see if you guys are in, in alignment with what we do, because it's not just about fat loss. It's not just about transformation for us. It's not just about how much weight can we get off with you, get off with you, get off you within 90 days or 97 days or whatever it is. It's very different. You know, we've said before, we're not about just changing people's bodies, we're about changing people's lives. That's my little spiel. I'm, I'm sure that everyone listening to this, because I know the typical people that do listen to the, these podcasts, you know, that's something that you'll buy into. And ultimately we need your help and if you want to have that impact if you want to be the kind of person who helps other people to live healthier and happier lives then as james says you can have an active part in that you can have a passive part in that you can just set a positive example but ultimately the more you do the more people benefit and the healthier and happier the world is going to be you know we create a lot of free resources to try and help people we've got a big group we create these podcasts and there's lots of things we do we're happy to do more but ultimately that message has to get out to people for it to be absorbed and the more 
touch points there are, the more people pointing people towards the resources that we have and the group that we run, then the better everything's going to be. So how did you first get into PT then, James? Um, hated any kind of form of sport at school. Um, my mum always said, out of everyone she knows, I would be the least likely person to ever go into personal training because she knew it was PE day at school when I had a tummy ache before I went to school. I mean, I've got a tummy ache. I don't want to do PE. And then for whatever reason, I just got a beat in my bonnet that I wanted to start doing martial arts. And uh, I went to karate at 12. And that was it. First session, just completely fell in love with it. It wasn't because I was being bullied or felt insecure or anything like that. It's just something I wanted to do, probably from the karate kid, which is you've probably never seen, Joe, because you're 15 years old. I have seen it. Okay. You've probably seen the remake. (laughs) (laughs) The Jackie Chan remake. Which is, don't get me started, that's Kung Fu. Anyway, and then from there, started lifting weight, started joining the gym at 15, just got a real passion for it. Never really thought about becoming a personal trainer until I started training Thai boxing with the late, great Steve Adams. God rest his soul. Taken too young. Um, And he just saw something in me. We started training. He was like six foot six, I'm six foot three. And we ended up, he was personal training me, Thai boxing, and then I started holding pads with him. Like, technically, I'm good at Thai boxing. And he just saw something in me and invited me to start teaching with him. He was teaching ladies' class, and I'd start teaching the fighters, and I'd take over his privates when he was away, and then I got my own privates. And that's kind of how I phased into it, whilst working in bars and then doing the doll work. And then I was like, you know what? Doormen are really thick. I can't do this for a living. There's, there's zero bands. So that's when I kind of went back to college and went through my PT qualifications and say lap V, you know, 15 years later or whatever it is now, I'm still doing the same stuff. With with those things then, if we go back to like the tie and whatnot, what was it you enjoyed about that? Uh, see, I was still pretty shy when I started doing that. That's what something that really, really brought me out of my shell, which again, I think people find hard to believe. I know you got a similar story. Like I'm quite happy to stand up in front of a room of, you know, literally hundreds of people now and teach. Not a problem. It's something that I've managed to kind of like overcome that story in my head that, you know, I was going to mess up or people will listen to me. But yeah, I think it's seeing people improve. It's pushing people, not in a like a, Come on, you maggot, do more. Getting people to do things that they didn't believe they could do. You know, you'll have had this about a million times where you're PTing someone, generally a female, and you've set up a bar with 60 kilos, Olympic bar, 20 on each side. You're like, right, we're going to do like deadlifts, eight reps. And then we'll be like on the third rep saying, this is too heavy. I can't do this. You're like, you're saying you can't do something that you are physically doing. You're literally lifting this, and then you've done it eight times. And maybe after the first rep, like, I can't do that. It's too heavy. Like, you've just done something eight times that you said you couldn't do. What does that say to you? So seeing that potential in people, I was speaking to a lady on the call the other day saying, we've gone off on a slight tangent, shocker, it's one of our podcasts, is I only see the potential in people. So a client might come on a call with me or a potential client or someone, and they've got all this baggage. They've got 20 years of trying and failing, trying and failing, and trying and failing. But when you speak to them, I only see the future. I don't see how many times they've slipped up or how much pressure they've put on themselves. And that's the bit I really enjoy. It's like showing them 
showing people that they can do more than they believe they could and proving it to them. So I think even from the tie boxing part of that is helping people gain confidence, do things that they never thought they could do, like deadlifting 60 kilos, you know, like doing a three-minute round on the pads and stuff like that. Is That's uh, the bit that I find really, really rewarding. It's just like, I told you you could do that because it just proves that I'm right with the majority of the time. About you. And what did you say then? I said, what about you? Oh, what about me? So I got into personal training. I did a, always been quite academic, always been quite sporty. Um, never been very big. I was always quite insecure about my, uh, about my, my frame. So I'm six foot three, currently 16 stone, reasonably athletic. I used to be 11 stone at this height. And I remember once being yelled at in the street, a couple of occasions being called lanky by like strangers or by a friend of mine's dad. And I remember it always kind of grating on me and upsetting me. Uh, my brother was eight years older than me, similar build to I am now. It was always that kind of, he was like my aspirational figure. And so as soon as I was, was able to, I started going to the gym, was was weak, you know, didn't kind of naturally come to me until, it's one of those things, it's hard to then assess when you start early. Is Was it always going to happen? Was I always going to get bigger and fitter and stronger? Or, or was it because I put that work in from a young age and I can't take all the credit for it because it could be because... I changed genetically. But I loved that. I loved that getting stronger. And I felt that you can only get yourself stronger for so long. And that actually, when you train 10 people, you can get 10 people fitter and stronger and happier. And it made a massive difference to my life. It was kind of like that, the turning point. You mentioned being shy, and it still kind of blows my mind that you could have ever been shy. But it was the same for me. You know, I was a really shy kid. And I, I kind of, I don't know if I, again, I don't know if I grew out of it or if I grew myself out of it. I, I remember at some point waking up and going, I've had enough of this and I'm going to do something different. And it's so interesting what you said there about, I loved what you just said, that you only see the possibilities in people. And I think one of my kind of key values is hope. Like I always believe that things are going to get better. I always believe that there is a way around a problem that people are capable. And so we're probably really good people to have in your corner from that perspective, because we just look for solutions. And I think people find that quite difficult. And so it was certainly something that I enjoyed about personal training. I didn't think of it as a job until I was 20, 21. I went to uni, did a history degree. I thought, I'm going to be a lawyer. I remember my dad saying to me once, one day you'll think, you'll realise that money's not everything. <laughs> but what the fuck does he know? And of course, he knows quite a lot because he's older than me, my dad. So I realised then at that point that actually it was something that I wanted to do. I only realised when a friend of mine said he was going to be a personal trainer. I thought, that sounds really good. I'll do that. So I started, off I went, I did my PT courses, absolutely loved it. I, I would recommend it as a career to anybody and the ability to help people and to influence them and to help them to achieve what I achieved, which was changing your body in order to change your mind and your happiness was massive. Uh, and you know, I still enjoy it as much now. I find it weird to say, you know, over 10 years since I first stepped foot on Virgin Active Floor, that it still gives me as much pleasure now when someone says, I'm so much happier. Thank you so much. Mm. It just means so much to me. You know, you can't, I don't think you can bottle that. It means more than any kind of physical thing. You know, you can't buy that. You can only earn that. And it's such a, a pleasure to have that as my job, I think. And that's kind of what, why we're doing this call today is so you can see where we're coming from. And if you want to be involved in that, to be a part of it, because this is something that other people can do too. You can have that feeling too. And so it's, yeah, it's brilliant. And 
I feel very privileged to have done a job that I enjoy so much. Yeah, I think that falls in with the sustain part, isn't it? It's like when people are like, what do you like about your job? It's like, it's showing people that it doesn't have to be like that. Just because people have been stuck in a rut for 20 years and they said, but not like it's often their fault, is because, well, it's kind of they're stuck in the rut because they've got this belief that this, I have to do this to get this result. And so often that is just so skewed. And it's the thing that's holding them back. This idea that I have to be perfect and I have to do this and I have to tick all these boxes. Like you don't. That when you can get someone through that journey and they're free and in control and happy with whatever they do, whether that's a meal out or whether that's them taking their food to lunch or whether that's them refusing a drink at a pie or whether that's accepting a drink at a pie, you know, they can both be signs of progress. It's just so good, you know, and obviously that some of that falls back onto our ego because you just want to be like, I want to help people. So when I do help people, it makes me feel really good because it's mission accomplished. But I feel like you're leaving that person in a much better place. And that's, you know, skills and trial and error, things that we've picked up over the years with our own coaching, with us working with other coaches, with us in the trenches, so to speak, from the gym floor, you know, there's all this stuff. And I think people have this idea, and you'll have these conversations sometimes with clients where people are like, you just don't get it. You don't get it. You don't understand. It's like, well, I do. I understand what it's like to train legs really hard. I understand what it's like to be gasping for breath on a treadmill because I've done all those things. And I think people think as a personal trainer, like a different breed. You must just bounce out of bed and do four burpees. No, I don't, you know. I still hit snooze today, which is very rare for me. Um, you know, I still loads of days I don't want to do these things. Just odds are I've messed up a lot of times and I've learned from it because that's part of my job is to learn from these things. And that's when I can pass on. And again, to go back to the or go back to start on the benefits of having a coach is you might have tried a hundred different <laughs> diets, not you, Joe. But people listening to it, you might have tried 100 diets, 150 diets, 200 diets. We've literally worked with thousands of people. So we've seen thousands of different attempts. We've just got a wider knowledge base. And that's why we can help people because we've seen what works and what doesn't work. And we've seen the common pitfalls. And we can see when someone's going to stumble. We can see when someone's struggling because we've seen it hundreds of times a day. You know, there's, there's times when we were looking at, 150, 170 different people's food diaries every single day, seven days a week. Ugh, those days. So we just got tons of our experience. You, we've almost lived a hundred different dieting years over the past seven years since the stairs have been open. You said something there that struck a chord with something I said to a client this morning. Is that I sometimes feel a bit like almost hypocritical i'm worried that my my words are going to come or be misinterpreted because i am 32 year old bloke i have a partner but no children yet and so when i then give advice to mothers the lady i was talking to this morning has got three kids a six-month-old two or three-year-old a six-year-old is that the the immediate or my worry is that people think well you don't understand you don't know what it's like and i haven't lived that life yet it's something that i do want to do but not yet but I have worked with an awful lot of people who've done that. And so therefore, as you said, we've done 100, 100 dieting years, is we're then privy to a lot of different situations, a lot of different solutions. So I'm going to shout out my client Taz at the moment because she 
embodies this brilliantly. And when you are access, when you are privy to this, it shows what's possible. And that actually, the, the biggest obstacle most people have is their mindset, is their approach. So Taz is a single mum. She's got two young boys. She is a triathlete and she likes to go swimming. She likes to do open water swimming. How the hell do you do that as a single mum? What you do is you buy a kayak that blows up and you put your kids in the kayak and then you swim pulling it. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go open water swimming and you drag your kids in the kayak. What I am suggesting is that you look for solutions to problems like Taz because that is just one of the best things I've ever heard. And it's not to make people feel bad. It's not to not show you that someone's doing more than you. It's to show you what's physically possible. It's to show you that if you look at these things from a different situation and from a different perspective, that there's a solution in there. And I think that the thing that makes me proudest about Sustain, and I'll get into this with you personally in a second, is that we, you know, when I used to do personal training, I didn't really look at this stuff. I just thought, how do I get this person to adhere to their food and exercise? And then I spend my time pushing them through those sessions. When you've done, you know, we've run Sustain for very nearly seven years now. I was a personal trainer for four years before that and James significantly longer, is that you start to see the same problems coming up. And it became obvious over a period of time that actually we needed to work on people's mindsets and the way that they thought. And the best bit about that is it goes way beyond their waist size or how much force they put on the floor. You can then help people to, I've helped clients to get new jobs. I've helped clients deal with grief. I've helped clients to get a raise by changing how they communicate, how they think, how they act. You can have a massive impact on somebody's life. So much more. And before I'd help someone physically change and by products that would help their, their mindset change, that would help them feel better mentally. But now with the approach that we have, we work on everything at once. Okay, so what's going on mentally? What's going on physically? How can I help the way that you look at things? What are the stresses that push you to food? What are the other stresses in your life? What's not working for you? And being able to do that and help people is just a new level of on an ego level of enjoyment of being able to help people change at those levels. And so my question for you is how have you changed as a coach over the last seven <laughs> years and how has that impacted your life beyond just how you look? Oh, well, cause I look like shit. Cheers, Joe. <laughs> um, yeah, no, massively because the more that we, like I said, you know, the more that we've looked into that holistic approach, eat, eat, oh yeah, calories in versus calories out, calorie deficit, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. That's the science. But like you said, if you're eating because your relationship is miserable and you hate your job or you can't deal with the stress, then that's the thing that needs to be addressed. And that's why we look at it from a completely different angle. That's what I said, right? Uh, I think I said right at the start of this recording is, it's not just about changing someone's way it's about changing that person how they view things so for me on a personal level yeah just look at things in different ways and much more uh objective at looking at things and much more um likely to put a positive reframe on different things and by that i mean like look for the positive in everything what feedback is this giving me this situation what can I glean from this? You know, how can I turn this into a, a, le- a lesson instead of just a woe is me kind of thing? And that's not to say, you know, you know, tragedies happen and horrific things happen. And sometimes, even that, you know, you know, a, a loved one dying is obviously it's horrendous, 
but I think um, what is it? Grief is a side effect of love or something like that. It's, a, it's just a quote that I heard. It's just like so good. It's just like oh, I can that can quantify grief for me. That can make me feel that it's okay to grieve. You know, not just like life so shit. And again, just as a reframe from that, I can look at a situation and go like, well, would I rather uh, uh, to avoid this pain of missing this person that's died? I could have never have met them. I could have never have spent any time with them. Could have never have loved them. Was that something that I would choose? Having never, you know, just erased this person from my life so I don't feel bad now. Would that be worth it? Does that? No, it doesn't, because I would rather have had that experience with them and then kind of feel this grief now because I had that opportunity to love this person. So just things like that, just to refer, I'll go into one. We're, we're being very open on this podcast. So myself and Tanya, obviously we've got a little Magnus now. We were trying for a kid for probably about two years. This might get me going this. Trying for a kid for about two years. It's going to. Um, and it just wasn't happening for whatever reason. Just doesn't doesn't always happen, does it? It's not one shot, one killed. So I went and had um, my fertility tests. Talk about that one. Interesting one. Stuck in a lot of rooms, Seacroft Hospital. You have to ring the bell to come back, and you're like, have I done enough? Is this? Are they going to laugh at this? What's going on? And then the other thing I could think about, obviously on a slight tangent here, is obviously they supply material, magazines. So I was like, some poor nurse has to go and buy those. <laughs> That's all I was thinking. Anyway... Came back and I was all fine. So we wanted to get me tested because it's quite invasive on the lady for these tests, these fertility tests. Anyway, I've definitely gone off on a tangent there. Tanya fell pregnant shortly after that. Unfortunately, we miscarried at 10 weeks. Um, now, obviously, that's horrendous. And, you know, we were devastated. But as a kind of positive reframe, it proved to me, right, now we know that we can get pregnant. Now we know that there's nothing wrong. And that really helped me, not certainly not rationalise it, but come to terms with that situation. And that is a skill that I would never have had if I hadn't coached, I don't believe. You know, it was a way of looking at a terrible situation but pulling a positive out of it. Right, now we know that everything's okay. We can definitely do this. So that's... You know, something that's worked for me. I know we talked recently about um, a kind of situation I had with a friend, which was before I started PT. So well, I was probably still teaching Thai boxing. But I went to visit a friend who moved to London and she'd obviously developed a, an eating disorder. And I just ignored it. I was like 21, I think, like that. And, and it's not haunted because that's really dramatic. But it's something that's stuck with me ever since. And I spoke to her last week about it and just said, look, I'm not looking for forgiveness. This is, I kind of want to, do I want to apologize? I, kind of, I, I just wanted to highlight and just say, look, this wasn't, I didn't ignore it because I didn't care about you. I ignored it because I didn't know how to cope with that situation. Whereas now, I'd 100% address that and I'd look at what was causing it. I feel now that I'd have the skills to help with it. Um, so yeah, I suppose that's a bit deep, and I've gone on two deep tangents there. Um, but that's how I've kind of developed, I think, throughout my years of coaching and my own self development. You know, that whole positive reframe stuff comes from me being coached because I felt like I wasn't in the best place. Um, so I had a coach, you know, who worked on my mindset and happiness and, and everything else. 
looking at that as a skill set, then how can that help people listening to this, both personally, I mean, it's obvious how it could help them personally, but how can that help them lose weight? Because you've got to look at, again, it's, it's the causes, isn't it? it it's, if you become a, a happier person overall with better coping mechanisms, with reacting to situations and comments and people in different ways, you're going to remove a lot of stress from your life. And it tends to be the stress and the despair and the anger. If we can deal with our emotions, if we can recognize our emotions in a different way, in an improved way, in a more efficient way, then that is going to cascade down more so than you just go, yay, I've lost a stone. If you become a healthier, happier, uh, more adjusted, stress-free person, losing weight's going to be easy. You've, yeah, hit the nail on the head there about what we're all about. Fat, you know, for me, fat loss is, or fat gain is a symptom, not a root cause. Mm. So most people, you know, 90% of the people that we work with, if you look at our demographic, it's not because of a lack of knowledge, because of a lack of coping skills. They, these are the things that I remember when I went for CBT. So I had some stuff that was going, going wrong in my life. I had thoughts that I couldn't really control. I was like, I know what's going wrong here. I just don't have the skills to deal with this. You know, I open up my toolbox when I get triggered, and all I've got is try harder, and that's yeah. not and that's not working. So I remember going for CBT, and within the first kind of half an hour, I was like, "This is the sort of thing that my clients need," because they this stuff isn't taught in schools, it's not taught in diet clubs, it's not taught to you on any other PDF. Now there might be other things out there that do this, I'm sure there are, but the vast majority of things don't touch the sides with this. They never look at it, and so people are chronically underskilled when it comes to dealing with the root cause. And once you fix that root cause, and once you're are more able to do so, and I, fix is the wrong word because this stuff doesn't go away. You don't have trauma when you're younger or these pathways that are laid down in your brain. They don't disappear. It's not like setting a broken arm in a cast and it goes away. You just become better able to deal with it. I remember the CBT therapist saying to me, I can't fix this, but what I can do is I can make it bother you less often and it'll last a shorter period of time and it'll be less intense when it does turn up. How does that sound? And I was like, that'd be good for me. Sign me up. I'll, I'll take that. How do I do that? And she went, it'll take you ages. And I thought, brilliant. At least there's a solution here. And yeah. that's what we've then tried to, to work into a nutritional process is helping people with these pieces because then, like James says, you then have the skills that you need helping yourself and helping other people i just wanted to give a personal example with me recently i've had a, a fractitious relationship with my dad for a long period of time and i've been talking about it recently with my brother and and i sat down the other day and, and my i have the best relationship with him out of any of my siblings and that's been something that i've worked on over a period of time i sat down the other day and i looked at him and i just had this massive feeling of empathy for him i really really felt for him because I was able to look at things from his perspective. And I think I've spent a huge amount of time in my life being angry or being angry with him or being angry at other things because I didn't know how to, to separate from that. And the vast majority of our emotions aren't helpful, I would say. You know, they're there as warning signs. But to think that I've been frustrated with this man for decades, you have to accept certain things. And I think I love that idea of radical acceptance, which is a really good book. Loads of this stuff is just things we've picked up, but it just has massive impact across people's lives. And I can see myself now at 32, 
as being the best version of me that I've ever been by a, a country mile. And the, the growth I had as a personal trainer was tiny in comparison to what's happened now. And I could change people physically before. I couldn't change anybody mentally. If they lost weight and they changed by mentally, that was a, a byproduct. That wasn't because of any work I'd done consciously. Whereas the stuff that we do now and working this idea of acceptance and accepting the things you can't change and being able to diffuse your emotions in a healthier way and to step down from them rather than eating or drinking or getting angry or being upset or stonewalling people or all the things that people typically use. And you could put this on a continuum from with, with other addictions, whether that be drugs, alcohol, gambling, violence, sex, all these pieces, and, you know, I hope that doesn't get anyone's backs up if they disagree with any of those pieces. But it's, for me, it's on a sliding scale. And food is the most culturally acceptable, easily accessible, immediately gratifying, cheapest cope mechanism there is. And so it, it takes a long time to change. And you have to look at things beyond just, I need to try harder. I need to drink more water. All those little pieces that people think is, I need to do more exercise. In our opinion, you need to look at what's going on under the bonnet. What are the thoughts that you're having? And I just say it could change your life if you if you do these things. And just to, to bring it back to the start of this, that if you buy into what we're saying, then we want you to be involved. You know, we we think and we believe that we can have a massive impact on a huge number of people. Um, and we need your help to do so. You know, we want to create a community around that that's about helping other people. And so we invite you to to join in, to share this, to invite people to the free support group, to share the resources that we put out there, to give us feedback. How can we do better? You know, I think that's another thing that's come from this process is my ability to accept criticism. I don't think I was very good at it before. And now I'm always happy to hear when people have got me and James have got heads about things. But I'm always happy to listen to different perspectives and how we can do better and how we can help more people. And so, yeah, I want to invite, I suppose, unless you've got any other questions, anything you wanted to add, it's just to, to invite people on this journey with us and to, to get involved as much or as little as you see fit. You, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to talk a little bit more about that. Like, you know, so much this is about awareness, awareness of why you're doing things, emotional intelligence, but then awareness of uh, why other people are doing stuff. And again, just from a, uh, I suppose, kind of learned coaching part is when you understand, you know, like that bit where you said we you, we you, how you look at your view your dad now is like okay why is someone behaving in a certain way especially if you get triggered by something you know you think about that loud mouth person who's really annoying in the office who's constantly looking for reassurance like i'm the best blah blah you could be like what a dickhead what an absolute dickhead or you could be like that's quite sad like why do they why are they constantly seeking you know reassurance what's happened to them to make them need that were they not listened to as a kid, you know, not enough attention, not enough hugs, like, are they just massively insecure and that's why they're being so loud? This is, Obviously, everyone's going to think it's about me now. Um, I'm quite comfortable with myself. H, no, we, we were talking earlier about my massive insecurities from 80s action films, uh, how I feel like I should look as a man. Um, but that is probably a different podcast. But having that emotional intelligence, you know, again, that's not something people don't go, calorie deficit, and emotional intelligence is not, it's not as neat up. Emotional intelligence up 24-7. It's not as catchy, is it? But that will give you the long-term results that we want. Again, you know, I've said it a hundred times and I'll say it a hundred and one times. I'm not that interested 
all that is great again to get these huge physical transformations you know two stone three stone four stone on people love it but that's as a byproduct of the work that we've done on the mindset and it's not so much like all right i want to work with someone for three months and get as much weight as possible off them it's like i want them to go on the biggest mindset journey possible in those three months and i want them to be challenged and i want them to make hard decisions and i want them to mess up and then realize that the world doesn't stop nothing explodes and no one dies when you eat a pizza i want to learn from that you know i want this to be a learning journey because i want ultimately that person to change and level up their skills and that's what we talk about you know so much it's not just like you will lose weight it's like you will change your skill set you will be more aware of your actions and how your actions influence other people and the more we develop as coaches the more we dig deep into this you know just simple things like the goal setting it's not just Right, what do you want to achieve in that day? I want to lose a stone. Cool. Okay, let's go to it. It's why. Who benefits? Who suffers if you don't? What does the future look like if you don't take some action right now? Look shit. Well, let's use that as fuel. What can that stone, lighter version of you do that you can't do right now? Well, that person's comfortable in photos, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's... A, a massive thing. This 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 physical transformation needs to start with the mind. There you go. That that's it. And if you're not addressing that, then you're just doing a temporary fix. You put in a you know a plaster on a bullet hole. I think just as a the last last bit for me that I think is really useful. People here is the idea of weak spots and blind spots. Is that people know well I'm eating and drinking too many calories and I'm not burning off enough. Great. That's so that's your weakness. You need to be able. There are things that you can tangibly improve. The problem is the blind spot. The problem is either the problem that you don't see or the problem that you think you've got nailed. So often when people say, well, my food's really good. I need to work on my exercise. Blind spot. Your blind spot there is your food because you, you are convinced that you're doing everything you can. And then can you imagine how many people we've worked with who you look at their food for a week and you go, there's 101 improvements I could make here. This is so far from being spot on. Or the blind spot piece around the mindset very few people say to us, I really need to work on my mindset, my coping mechanisms. Now, some people do, but not many. It's probably 10% of people say, just not dealing with life as well as I should. And so ultimately, the more this stuff is talked about, the more aware people become of the problems, the more productive work they can actually do. Now, so often we say to people, what are you going to work on next week? Drink more water. So the thing we hear probably more than anything else. And it has the least impact. It's going to do nearly nothing for you. In regards to fat loss and health, you know, we have to look at what the actual issue is. And for most people, we believe it's coping mechanisms. They do not have the abilities to deal with their stress. I would much rather hear someone say, I'm going to journal about my day. I'm going to do some meditation. I'm going to prioritize some self-care. I'm going to reflect on the decisions I've made. I'm going to do some meal planning. I'm going to make it easier in the moment to be more successful next week. And people, none of those things I've just said there are to do with actually eating or drinking or exercising. Meal planning is just the act of writing down meals. And that is the thing that will have the biggest impact for the vast majority of people is just having a clear plan to follow. And this is the benefit of, of having a coach, having someone who's seen 10,000 people. You know, it's got, God works with nearly that many people between us by now. Mm -hmm. Follow the things they think are going to work and they haven't worked. Whereas the people who do well are the ones who ultimately follow the, the advice that we give in our experience. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been around for nearly seven years helping people who sustain and have the reputation that we do and so it doesn't mean there's not more we can do and ways to get better but it's that would be my advice to you is look for the 
look for the blind spots, look for the areas that you need to work on, try and take our advice on board. And it's hard for people to change their mindset. Nope, just need to do more peloton, drink more water. Okay, that's, that's fine. Not. You're not ready. If you're not ready to change yet, in my opinion, maybe it'll work for you, and that's great if it does. If you've tried those things ten times, five times, maybe look at something else. Maybe get some more advice, listen to some of our podcasts, read our resources, and see what you think. Just to speak on that bit that we said before about Taz, um, yeah. you know, finding solutions to problems. That's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about finding solutions to problems. Not just going, here's my problem. It's about going, here's my problem. This is what I'm going to try and fix it. Because a problem is just going to remain a problem until you find a solution. And I just wanted to touch on that point where you said, like, oh, it's very easy. And this does kind of fall into it all. Very easy to turn around and go, like, what do you know, Joe? You don't have kids. And it's like, well, you don't. And I, I'm probably going to use a football reference here. And it'll be really dated, so you'll know how much I'm aware of footballers. Alex Ferguson, I know he's a very famous football manager for Manchester United, wasn't as good at playing football as all those players <laughs> on the pitch, but they still listened to him because he had the experience, because he could see the bigger picture. He could literally see everything that was going on. And, you know, any kind of Olympic coach, Anthony Joshua's boxing coach, he's not going to be good at boxing as Anthony Joshua. You don't have to have those lived experiences. You've got the experience of, like I said, seeing what's worked for hundreds, thousands of other people. It's your expertise that people are looking at. You don't have to live that life. And again, just to fall back on that one, like if you find yourself being triggered by that going, what do you know? You've got to ask yourself why you've been triggered by that. Is it because you don't like what Joe said? Because actually... There is probably a solution that you could possibly do, like get an inflatable kayak. You know, if that's something that you really want to do, the kids will get involved. In. You know, there is always a solution. It's not always practical. And I remember having this before we had Magnus, when some woman was just like, you don't have kids, do you, James? You don't know. I don't have this time. It's like, okay, if you want to keep on telling yourself that story, that you can't give your kids vegetables, you know, that you can't take three minutes to go, I'm going to microwave some vegetables, then... You're not ready. That's totally up to you. So, yeah, again, and that comes down to emotional awareness as well, doesn't it? It's emotional intelligence, sorry, and awareness of going like, right, hang about. Why have I just got triggered by that? Is that because they're telling me the truth and it's something that I don't want to hear? Actually, there is probably something I can do. So that's my piece. It's, it's incredibly hard, isn't it, to put your ego to the side and to accept that you might be wrong. And I think you, you see this when you make a suggestion and people get defensive. It's, it's very, very difficult to do and it takes a lot of practice. I, you know, it's, it's hard to remember. Once you turn that corner, you don't go back. Like, I don't get defensive about things anymore. I might stand up for what I believe is right, but if someone's criticising me, I can, I can listen to it and try and accept and work yeah, out. Yeah, or you might do. You, you, your knee-jerk reaction might be like, well, what do you know? But then he's like, oh, that's interesting. Why am I acting like oh, that? Course, that's probably because of telling the truth. Be- my immediate thought is always that. And I don't think that'll ever change. You'll always have that, oh, I don't like this, because it's a biological piece. You're fearing rejection. Humans do not like the thought of being left out from the crowd, being ejected from the tribe, because it means death 10,000 years ago. Not so much anymore, but we're running on these outdated systems, and people aren't taught how to manage them. And it's, that's a skill piece. You have to then get better and be able to catch yourself, because it's no good if James says to me, do you know what, you didn't deal with that lady very well. If I then shout and swear and rant and rave and go and eat three cream cakes and I go to bed and wake up and go, oh, he was right. You have, that is a skill. That's something that can be learned. Now, there's some people who are brilliant at it naturally and some people are awful at it naturally. 
But you can work on that. You can turn your reaction time. You know, how many times have we seen it where people will go on the scales, they'll have gained a pound, they'll go, right, I'm not doing this anymore. Then they'll go and they'll eat and they'll get frustrated and they'll stop logging their food and they'll come back years later and go, I'm ready to change now. Because they've taken years to bring themselves back or months or weeks or days. When it comes to fat loss, they're all too long. Or if it comes to managing your temper around your kids, you can't have 24 hours off. I mean, you can do, do whatever you want. It's your life. I wouldn't recommend it. I think if you can catch yourself in seconds rather than minutes, hours or days, you'll live a happier life and you'll probably be able to manage your, your weight and your emotions better too. So if you want to be part of that journey. <laughs> I tried Jump. to sign up before and you got me chuntering again. <laughs> no, drop us a message. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's where we want to be. We want to be changing people from the mind down, I suppose. Like the biggest changes start from the neck up. That's where you need to start, and then it's all gonna cascade down. You know, it's not—it's not just as simple as calorie deficit. It's just not. It's the reasons why we make these choices. To sum up, I suppose. Absolutely, and we also look at your food and your exercise and those things. <laughs> but making the big changes as well. Absolutely, cool. good. Yeah, oh, I really need a wait. Enjoy. Thank you. Right. Thanks as always for listening, guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. We did have a review. I'll read it out next time. Thank you.